0: Talk Money is a production of Lola Media. Say hi, Lola. For updates, further breakdowns, and past episodes of this podcast, sign up at thetalkmoney.com. If you enjoy our podcast, help us get the word out. Write a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to help us reach more ears. And now you can sign up for our newsletter, where we curate the best money topics of the week from across the internet. It's quick, informative, and most importantly, fun. Sign up at com slash newsletter. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Talk Money Weekly, where we talk about current business events paired with our newsletter. Today's episode, Bipartisanship Saves Crypto. So for those of you who don't know, there's been this one trillion dollar infrastructure bill that's gone back and forth in the Senate. Whether it should be passed or not. And you know, this amendment and that amendment, obviously, an infrastructure bill of this magnitude, it's huge. Started off at like two trillion and now it's down to a trillion. Now, what goes into an infrastructure bill? Well, it's exactly what it sounds like: infrastructure. The roads, bridges, education, jobs, water, electrical all the stuff that we really need. And we complain on a daily basis when we hit those potholes, but we don't actually really see in our lifetime, or maybe it just takes a really long time. So by the time it's actually done, we don't actually appreciate it, but it's important for it to get done. Otherwise, how the hell does anything get fixed in this country? Now that said, how do you pay for all this? You can't just print a trillion dollars and not pay for it. Obviously the money has to come from somewhere. In this case, the money is coming from taxes and different tax codes. Now, In the case of the infrastructure bill and why it was such a pain to pass was because there was a little thing that they were trying to do, which was extend the tax code definition of a broker to include people in the crypto community. And that meant that it wasn't just the exchanges, so not just Coinbase or Binance where you buy and sell. It was all the other folks involved. So that basically would mean that crypto is being treated as a traditional finance. Traditional finance system would be like the banks, where you have a buyer, a seller, and a middleman. Now, the thing about crypto, it's not just a buyer and a seller and a middleman. In this case, the middleman would be the exchange, like a Coinbase or a Binance. But then, obviously, you have all these other community members. You have the software developers. You have folks that are mining crypto. You have people that are validating crypto. So essentially they're using their computers to validate these transactions. And you have a group of folks doing this so that this thing is basically like, okay, once it's like validated, then it can never be changed. Right. So the whole point is to counter corruption. It's to counter manipulation in the system. Everything that happened in 2008 and it probably still happens now, the whole point of crypto, the whole point of Bitcoin and all these things is that it's a decentralized system. So the transactions are very transparent. It's a public ledger, but the people that are a part of this community are anonymous. A lot of this is based on privacy and security of these folks. And so that little definition of broker to include all those folks would mean that their privacy and security would be gone, but also that they would be part of tax reporting and information that they might not even have. And so the crypto community were like, no, 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 this can't happen. Like This is actually completely counterproductive to the whole thing around crypto, and it doesn't make sense for us. Like People like Jack Dorsey from Twitter, Elon Musk, they all spoke against it. All the crypto community and investors and creators and you name it, they all came forth and were like, dude, what are you doing? Like You're going to smash innovation. You can't just like force people to start reporting data for tax purposes. Obviously, the exchanges can do that because they're making these transactions. And so if a Coinbase has to do that, of course, yes, if you buy and sell crypto, then yes, you pay your taxes on that. But to include everybody else would just be like, okay, you guys, you can't treat this like the traditional system because it's not. And luckily, luckily, three senators saw that in the bill and they're like, yo, we can't let this happen. We want the best minds here. We want the best tech innovators here. We think crypto is actually really, really good for our system and for our country. And those three senators, by the way, came from both parties. So it was Senator Ron Wyden, Democrat from Oregon, Senator Cynthia Loomis, Republican from Wyoming, who, by the way, is very pro-mining. When we talk about mining, we talking like Bitcoin mining and stuff like that in her state because she thinks that, hey, this is great for the job market. This is great for innovation. We can provide you like low electricity costs, etc. And we have Senator Pat Toomey from Pennsylvania, who's also a Republican. And guess who was also one of the cheerleaders on this whole thing? Your boy, Senator Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz was actually on Twitter congratulating all these folks, including Senator Ron Wyden, a Democrat. What world do we live in right now? We live in a world where folks actually can see eye to eye, and not just, like, get bogged down in, you know, politics. They just saw that, okay, we all stand together on this. We're pro-crypto. We're pro what this can do for this country. Let's all get on board with this. So they come up with this amendment that says, hey, you got to exclude all these folks from it. Just make it about the exchanges. Okay, we'll be fine with that. But then these two other senators come back, and they throw a whole wrench in the system. And those two senators, Rob Portman from Ohio, a Republican, and Mark Warner— Democrat from Virginia, so also a bipartisan effort, opposed this amendment. So it's weird. Like I guess you could see them as the old guard, although from what I hear, Mark Warner is a big fan of technology and has been an entrepreneur, and so it was actually disappointing that he decided to go against it. But I think he's one of those, like, I just don't understand crypto. The other thing that I read about was there's this guy, Jake Chervinsky who's a lawyer for the crypto community, And he said something like, word on the street is that it's the Treasury that's been behind all this because of their fear of crypto. So was the Treasury and their goons influencing these two senators? I don't know. I don't know how politics work. I only know it from House of Cards, and that shit looks terrible. I can't imagine what it takes to get all this stuff done. Can you imagine Ted Cruz saying nice things about a Democrat on Twitter? I mean, if anything, they should make an entire season of House of Cards based on this whole thing. I think that would be fun to watch. Not starring Kevin Spacey, of course. Uh, Maybe someone different, like Ted Cruz. So now you basically are looking at two bipartisan ships against each other, which is crazy, by the way, over crypto. The old versus the new. You got the new who's saying, hey, technology, things are changing. We understand this. We understand the future about this. This is pretty cool. We need to protect this. And then you see folks who are like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. So, you know, we fear what we don't understand. We're going to be against it. Not realizing the damage that it can be done. And look, a lot of people understand technology. But at the end of the day... It is hard to wrap your head around a lot of the stuff that's happening in crypto. It is not easy to understand. And it's actually like a big critique on the crypto community. Crypto is pretty complicated. There's so many elements to this. So much so that I can't even explain half the shit that's in the bill because, you know, we could do multiple episodes on it. Which, by the way, is a big factor here. Education is a huge factor in why people are opposing crypto or scared of it or think that, you know, it's bad and it's about money laundering and all that type of stuff, which is not the case. It's simply that we don't have good education around it. We don't have good narratives around it. We don't have good storytelling around it so that we can actually understand it. Something that we actually want to tackle, by the way, we want to do a whole series on crypto because we think everyone could benefit from it. But the whole argument to say that, like, well, this is bad. This is what people are using to launder money and whatnot. Look, let's just be fucking honest. Money laundering happens everywhere. It happens with cash All the time. Illegal stuff is going to happen no matter what. And a good example I'd give is my friends used to go to this bar. I lived across the street from it. It was in the West Village. It was a sports bar. Your fratastic sports bar. Everyone loved it. They'd watch the football games there. And guess what? This place got shut down. Why? Because they were laundering money. They were laundering money. And so, like, let's say now this place is empty. Should we fear the next restaurant that comes in there is going to be laundering money? No. They're actually a great restaurant that's there right now. They're not laundering money. They run a really legitimate business, and that's just the case. That's the case with crypto. Not everyone is trying to launder money. Some people are actually trying to do great things with it. It just so happens that in any system, you're going to have a legal activity. That's just the name of the game. What do you think happens with cash? So no matter where you go, you're going to see weird shit happen, right? So you know, a good example is don't go under the bridge in a city after 12 a.m., Weird shit happens there. But during the day, it's fine. You ever been to Washington Square Park in New York City after 12 a.m.? It's weird. And then after 2 a.m., It's a dangerous place to be. That's where the riffraff is. But during the day, it's beautiful. There's birds, there's dogs walking around, there's people playing in the park, there's musicians. You know, think about crypto like that. Think about crypto like it's during the day all this amazing stuff's happening and then at night you get the shady characters doing weird shit. That's just life. So we need better education around this stuff. We need better narratives around this stuff. And guess what? We need more bipartisan effort around this stuff. Hey, they're coming together. Republicans, Democrats coming together over crypto. Great. Whether they're pro or against it, it's a good thing. Not everything has to just be about politics. It's about the future of a country. It's about the future of a financial system. So, you know, one positive out of all this is that we don't have to just vote for things based on the party that we come from. Vote for what's Important and what matters, putting money in people's pocket, you know, social equality, all those things. Like if you believe in it, vote for it. You don't have to stand with your party. And I think crypto has been a good example of that. Like, look, on both sides, pro and con, you had bipartisanship. So it's sending a good message, I think, that people can actually come together when it matters and get something passed. So a friend of mine, investor of each garg, who's a crypto investor, wrote something really interesting on Twitter. He wrote 20% of US millennials own crypto. Only 37% own stocks. Imagine senators and the White House trying to kill the stock market for half of all millennial shareholders. How do you think that demographic would vote in the next election cycle? It's a very good point. You know, If we want to talk about a wealth gap, we want to talk about equality, a lot of that stuff actually comes from the money in your pocket, economics, wealth, that matters. You know, We can talk about social equality all we want, but a lot of that stuff stems from certain places that have more money than others. And so don't get in the way of people being allowed to earn and make money. The thing about crypto, it's just really easy to get. 20% of U.S. millennials own crypto. That's actually a pretty massive number for something that hasn't been around that long. And so let's think about that for a second. The infrastructure bill is about bridges, roads, education. And the thing that stopped it from moving forward or not was crypto. That's how big this has become. The fact that you have senators pushing amendments, the fact that you have all these different folks like the Jack Dorseys of the world and politicians and you know other folks coming into the woodwork and saying, hey, we got to do something here. Call your senator. Call your senator. This is here to stay. It's very, very big. It's only going to get bigger. We need more education around it, and we need to understand it better because it's not going anywhere. It's definitely here. It's in the mainstream. So that's where we're at. It's really interesting to see how far crypto has come and how much of a part of the mainstream it is. So much of a part of the mainstream that a $1 trillion infrastructure bill that has to do with roads and bridges is not being passed because of crypto. So at the end of the day, what ends up happening? The amendment doesn't get accepted. It doesn't get accepted because the senators can't agree on it. All that bipartisanship didn't go to waste. I mean, I think it still sets a pretty good example. But unfortunately, it didn't get passed. And on Twitter, I read from Jake Chervinsky, again, a lawyer from the crypto community, said, Senator Richard Shelby, Republican from Alabama, has objected to the Compromise Amendment. He didn't get his own amendment for $50 billion in defense spending. So he's against all others. Unless he changes his mind, that's it. The Compromise Amendment is dead. FYI, he's retiring at the end of this term. Then Jack Dorsey followed up with, Amendment killed to get more military spending. Wow. Wow. So, man, yeah, this is really some House of Cards shit. It's some petty, petty shit. So I guess one senator didn't want to vote for the amendment because he didn't get his way on his thing. So from what I understand now, yes, now that the infrastructure bill has passed without that amendment, This will now get sent to the House for investors. This potentially pushes things away outside of the U.S. And so now a lot of the crypto community are going to the House to try to push to make sure that they can be heard and get that amendment put in place. So I guess that's one of the good things about politics in this country you have second chances and second chances again so let's see what happens but at the end of the day it seems that that not many people really understand crypto and cryptocurrencies and the future of them um, Ted Cruz actually wrote another tweet funny enough that there's only like five senators three of which worked on the amendment that actually understand cryptocurrencies so education is the most important thing right now making this understandable for folks crypto is super complicated <laughs> That's it for this week. Make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter, thetalkmoney.com slash newsletter. Until next time.